Welcome to A Seat at the Table, a podcast bringing together feminism, dinner parties, female friendship and food. I'm Alex, your host, the creator of Spare Ribs Club, an intersectional feminist book and supper club, which explores feminism and social justice through literature, art, music and food. Each episode, I invite our guests to take us through their perfect feminist dinner party, three feminist icons as dinner guests, three courses and three tunes being played on repeat. This week, I'm very pleased to welcome Eleanor Steffel. Eleanor is a features writer and columnist for the Daily Telegraph. She has a weekly column about Friday night food, which is the inspiration behind her first cookbook, The Art of Friday Night Dinner. Thank you so much, Eleanor, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So uh, let's get into it. Which three guests are you inviting over for your dream feminist dinner party? Well, um... I mean, my first, when you asked me um, what my three guests would be, um, my my mind immediately went to Emma Thompson, um, mm. who is just like my ultimate hero. Um, and yeah, I just feel like I just really would like to just get really drunk with her. I think that's the main <laughs> reason why she's on the list. Um, she just seems like such a laugh and so sort of wise um and I just what I just want to kind of spend an evening soaking up all of her wisdom and asking her lots of questions and um and I think she'd be great fun she's also from sort of interviews I've read with her or um listened to her sort of talking before she's clearly a big foodie as well so mm-hmm. I think she'd really be a fun person to just like have a great meal with mm-hmm. um and uh yeah she just seems really fun I think that's it she just seems really fun and I just I, I really really enjoy spending time with older women um I just find that really kind of nourishing and um inspiring and uh she kind of reminds me in her sort of sense of humor in in a way sort of of a a lot of my um, mum's friends and the kind of aunties that I grew up with um so yeah she is absolutely at the top of the list um and then the second one I'd say for quite similar reasons is um self-esteem aka Rebecca Lucy Taylor um the singer who again main reason is I just really want to get drunk with her I just think she would just be so so fun to spend the evening with um she just seems like such a laugh she's so cool she's so interesting she's so smart um she's just loads of fun um and you can just kind of tell from I've been to a couple of her gigs and I love the fact that um her, her kind of her band and her singers and dancers and stuff seem to just be like her mates they're just this kind of great gang of women um and I think that kind of says a lot about someone that they sort of bring their mates along with them on the journey as they kind of um become famous and you know get really successful and whatever and they just seem like such a great group um so that kind of I think just tells me something about her and um that that thing of sort of yeah the the fact that she kind of wants to keep her sort of friends around her and those are the people that she chooses to kind of have this experience with and travel the world with and gig with and make art with um I just feel like she's probably just a great mate um and um she also clearly really likes food um she talks about food quite a lot on, on her Instagram um and I think she'd have loads of great stories I feel like she would be a great person to just like gossip with and talk about rubbish dates <laughs> and um you know funny experiences I think she's like definitely very funny um so I'd love to spend spend an evening with her um and then yeah the third one is Beyonce just because it just 
you know, <laughs> if you're giving me the opportunity to just pick anyone to have yeah. dinner with, then it's always going to be the answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> the combination of these people is also extremely exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, get who, on with each other. Oh, I really hope so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, how could they not? They're just three excellent, you know, incredible, um, inspiring women. Yeah, I think um, it's a really good choice because she kind of she seems to be good in kind of all situations and she is funny, but also clearly you can have a really good conversation with her. Um, yeah, yeah. It's quite kind of empowering in the way that she speaks as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's very, I find her, um, I feel like if you sort of sound like a total creepy fan and like regularly watch like interviews with her on um on youtube and like you know oscars assessment speech and you know all that kind of stuff and you can just see kind of she, she hasn't sort of changed she, she definitely seems like the same kind of person that she was um in the early days before she was like mega famous but um what has i feel like changed is that she's got um more and more irreverent like mm. you know she's just so authentic and confident when she speaks she doesn't have that kind of like um I don't know not pretensions maybe not the right word but she doesn't have that kind of real self-awareness that mm. um people often have when they're being you know interviewed on telly or whatever like super super famous super super famous people when they are being interviewed you often kind of find you get the same spiel and the same sort of mm. stories again and again and they're like hyper aware of what they're saying and you can I can completely understand that because that must it must be a hard thing to be such a public person but she just seems so natural in herself and I feel like as she's got older she's become yeah like I say more and more reverent and therefore more and more kind of just funny and um and uh and yeah and I just love the way that she sort of um you know properly kind of puts her money where her mouth is when it comes to kind of the causes that she cares about and um talking about things that are important Mm. yeah she's um kind of unafraid there's a there's a lack of fear within her I think that it's quite obvious yeah definitely I think you're right <laughs> what do you feel the kind of maybe topic of conversation would be for the evening or would there be many oh good question I mean I just feel like I would just want to just hear um just maybe from all of them like and I just want to hear about their lives and about mm-hmm. and I just you know the kind of voyeuristic side of me we just want to know about their lives and about what they're like and what they do and mm-hmm. um what they care about and you know what they're like you know day-to-day kind of internal lives are like but um I think I would probably um want to talk about probably just all the same stuff that I talk to my own mates about so just like I don't know just like you know dates and clothes and holidays and um you know feelings and like how our brains are and how we're coping with stuff and you know what we're annoyed about excited about um you know I just just kind of like you know almost forget the fact that they're kind of like mega stars and just have like a normal evening with them I think that would be just, just, just feel like such a privilege just talking to yeah them. exactly yeah and how about your tablescape is there a theme you have kind of a particular you know tablecloth that you want to use mm, yeah good question I think I'm imagining it being outside yeah um and it being kind of like a summer like quite casual sort of like gardeny sort of scene mm-hmm. I mean I don't have a garden but I have a little sort of roof terrace balcony situation okay. um which I feel like is a bit it's just it's not nice enough to have 
Beyonce on. But um, <laughs> if if this scenario is me having these women over, then I suppose it would be, yeah, outside on roof. Well, um, I mean, if you want to, you could hire somewhere. I mean, it depends on how kind of homely you want it to be, whether mm. it's a party in your own home or whether you want to kind of host them in yeah. some, somewhere else. Okay, so this is extremely creepy, but I know because I've listened to her Desert Island Desk about a million times that Emma Thompson has a um, a cottage by a lock in Scotland and um, that she has parties at a lot. And I just feel like actually what I want to do is just get us all invited to her house and then her cook or us all cook together some sort of amazing dinner and then just like sit outside, you know, by the lock or in her garden or wherever the setup is and... Um, just drink lots and lots of wine so yeah tablescaping wise I don't think I think it would be pretty minimal it would just be like whatever the outdoor table is yeah um loads and loads and loads of candles mm-hmm. um and yeah I'm not a kind of I quite like a, a, a nice like linen but I'm not a massive one for kind of very um sort of thought out tablescaping I just mm-hmm. tend to get loads of flowers like whatever's you know cheap in the supermarket yeah. tulips or daffs or whatever's yeah. around and just split them up into lots of like jars and stem vases and that kind of thing. And that and candles, I think, is all you need, really. I think so. I think people try and overcomplicate it, but it really only needs flowers and candles, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and what tunes are going to be on repeat all evening? Yeah, so this is difficult because um, I just think it's a bit weird to have Beyonce at your dinner party and play Liz Beyonce. Um, <laughs> so... My natural instinct, which is to, so my flatmate, um, Rosie, she's she's always on playlist duty whenever we have parties or dinner parties. And um, the the playlist is usually fairly Beyonce heavy. Um, but I think that would be a bit weird to play Beyonce <laughs> to Beyonce. So, and That's ditto like, to play. She's the kind of singer that I don't think would like that. I yeah, I just, I don't know if she would or not. There are some that might find it funny or kind of go along with it, but I just feel like she wouldn't appreciate that I don't know well, I think it would be a bit weird wouldn't it yeah. um, <laughs> to kind of I don't know maybe I know it wouldn't but um, either way I feel like um, that's maybe not the way to go um, and ditto yeah self-esteem so self-esteem is usually who we end up listening to at the end of a night um, mm-hmm. when I'm with like this particular group of girlfriends will often kind of end the night with self-esteem mm. Um, and just sort of like once we've like had quite a lot of drink and just sort of end up screaming along to it mm-hmm. and so maybe we should end the night with self-esteem but yeah ditto I just think like probably a bit weird for her to sit at a dinner party listening to her own music <laughs> so with that in mind um, uh, I just always have to have some Joni on a dinner yeah. party list so um, and I think my favourite Joni Mitchell songs are probably the sadder ones, which would mean that there wouldn't really be kind of dinner party songs. Like you can't really have a case of you at a dinner party because it's just too <laughs> sad. So given that, I think it would probably be a free man in Paris just because it always just make it sounds like summer to me and it just yeah. feels very like joyful and um and and yeah, and it's also I think quite a nice one for an outdoor dinner because it just sounds like yeah, like an outdoor summery kind of vibe um and then often have aretha um on a dinner party playlist yes. particularly there's this like live album um which i meant to look up before um i spoke to you because i can't remember exactly what the album is but anyway there's a great live aretha album oh that's it it's called a brand new me and it's with the um royal philharmonic orchestra Amazing. and the rendition of 
until you come back to me mm. on that album is just like heaven um a certain amount of on there too yeah yeah exactly um and then yeah and then i often have some carol king on um on a dinner party playlist and um i was thinking about which one to have and i was thinking because this is kind of a conversation about great feminists then um perhaps it should be natural women and also the aretha version of natural women is amazing as well and they're quite different so depending on what kind of mood you're in you could have yeah. either one like the cow king one is a bit more kind of quiet and like solemn and emotional yes. and then the aretha one is like particularly actually the live one on that album that i just mentioned is yeah. like much more sort of passionate and like it's got a great sort of swell towards the end and but it's just a great song with great lyrics isn't it yeah it's a fab song so the music's playing everyone's outside drinking wine i presume or have we got cocktails mm -hmm. um well i think um we're probably ideally starting with martinis yes um gin martinis dirty yeah um extra olive brine as many olives as you can, as you can legitimately fit in the glass <laughs> um and then and then definitely wine after that yeah amazing so everyone's drinking what's your first starter um so my starter would be um and this is kind of this is what I always choose whenever we and I, I ask my question my friends this question all the time what their <laughs> kind of desert island meal would be um and so my kind of three courses that I've chosen they don't necessarily go perfectly together but they are like my ultimate best things ever to eat so don't judge that's why I've chosen them <laughs> so I'd start with um my mum's tomato sauce um which is just very simple it just cooks for like hours and hours and hours it's just a great um slow cooked tomato sauce with spaghetti and parmesan um and so just have like little start a portion of that just because it's just I think one of the best things ever that's quite um, Italian to have pasta as like a yeah starter I guess not as a main course yeah so exactly I think it's sense, legit it for sure yeah Is if you I think if you wanted to like if you wanted to like lighten it up a bit then you could just mm -hmm. make it like a fresh tomato sauce and just have like you know make it one of those kind of summery pastas where yes yeah. you just like chop up loads of fresh tomatoes with like a little bit of garlic and lots of really good olive oil yeah um but yeah if it's like my ultimate tomato sauce then it's my mum's one and is that um just like cooked down tomatoes it's like a mixture of sort of passata and good chopped tomatoes it's onion it's garlic it's um olive oil it's bit of tomato puree it's a slosh of red wine lots of bay leaves lots of salt and pepper and you just cook it forever and ever and ever and then um take the bay leaves out and blitz it at the end so it's like really nice and creamy and smooth Delicious. um it's just a good tomato sauce um and then and then i would have um like a seafood feast um so just loads of great raw seafood so oysters um maybe some clams uh, some prawns or longestine or both um crab um and then uh, yeah some really good like crusty baguette probably um and that kind of like butter that you get in France that has actual salt crystals in it yeah um and then probably some aioli and I feel like probably some chips because why not um it's like my my dream main as well I think I think you can't beat seafood and chips with some yeah. bread it's just 
insane and it feels exactly. it feels special like it feels like a feast yeah it feels celebratory exactly and it feels like holidays and actually if we're having this meal by this scottish lock then it would make sense if it was like scottish seafood Um, seafood that's delicious and and are they kind of like skinny cut fries or are they um you know british chips they're thick cut they're proper chips yeah yeah I'm, i'm definitely more of a chip than a fry girl nice they're proper chips but they're homemade um at least twice cooked mm. and um just like really yeah really dark and golden and salty and yummy yeah I'm a bit of a heathen when it comes to condiments I just literally give me any condiment you like I just <laughs> love them all I am um yeah I accept all condiments um <laughs> I mean, the aioli is so, a yeah. condiment as well. That kind of makes sense with the chips. It is. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, got to have the aioli. And, but yeah, I've got it. I just can't really have chips without ketchup. So I don't want the ketchup anywhere near the seafood. No, no. But if there are going to be chips on the table, there, there needs to be ketchup too. Yeah, fair. And what about for dessert? Dessert would be an ice cream sundae, um, which I quite like quite simple ones. Um. So either, this is going to sound really boring, but I just think you actually can't go wrong with like really amazing vanilla, a really dark chocolate sauce, and then like whipped cream, like proper old fashioned sort of Chantilly cream. Mm. Um, but then also if it's going to be summer, then I quite like one which has apricot sorbet and then something like, like maybe a vanilla or like something, another kind of neutral flavour. Mm. And then just, just loads of whipped cream. Whipped cream. I just think there's something so good. <laughs> just love whipped cream so much. So good. Um, and kind of fresh whipped cream, or from a you know like um from a from a sweater can. I think I think fresh. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll yeah. I think we'll go fresh. Yeah. I could just imagine it in like huge bowls, just could be kind of you know plopped. Yeah, in. or like really like naff sort of like chintzy Sunday glasses. I quite yeah. like a kind of a naff a naff Sunday glass. And a really long spoon. Yeah, really long spoon exactly. <laughs> Are these dishes that kind of did you choose them because they are basically comfort stuff that means something to you and that's what you want to share with other people um or is it more kind of impressive dishes mm, I think it's it's a it's a comfort thing probably well I suppose it's a bit of both I think I mean the, my mum's smarter sauce obviously self-explanatory is it's like sentimental mm. um it's like I mean it's called Penny's pasta sauce or PPS in our house <laughs> and um you know all the people that I grew up with all my sort of like oldest school friends and family friends they all grew up on it too and everyone's sort of makes their own version of it now um it's just absolute ultimate comfort food but then I also think it's not it's not kind of comfort food that you necessarily you know it's kind of some kind of comfort food that it's like it's just you on your own and it's Mm. kind of like super super indulgent or um or whatever but actually like most of all I don't think it's like that I think it's just it's great for like any occasion um but yeah it's just got to be on the list if there's any kind of special meal happening or last meal desert island meal whatever it might be that always has to appear um and then um the seafood it's just uh, yeah I just like you were saying it just feels really really celebratory I always think it just feels like um such a pleasure to eat it I suppose because you wouldn't normally you you definitely wouldn't have it like you know Monday to Thursday would you wouldn't just like crack out some seafood on a Tuesday night um (laughs) So it feels special. It feels like holiday-ish. Um, and it's something that you've got to take your time over. Like you can't just wolf down because it's not just one plate that's yours. It's like you, you've got to 
crack crab claws and you've got to you know fiddle around with oysters and you've got to take the shells off long steam or prawns or whatever it is so it's the kind of meal that forces you to kind of linger over it yeah I think that's why I like it so much because you're right yeah it means that it's long and lingering and people keep eating and you're kind of grappling with different bits of it and it's feels more like you're appreciating the meal rather than just kind of eating really quickly without thinking about it exactly yeah and sort of you end up sort of it's yeah it's messy and you end up sort of you know reaching over people to get things and it's just like a very fun kind of um yeah it's just a fun meal and so you've kind of finished eating you've had pudding where's the night leading next I think it's just leading into just like endless endless conversations about life in the universe if we're outside then there's probably going to be a bit of like stargazing at some point um I find with my you're in Scotland so you won't get the kind of London light pollution you'll be (laughs) exactly exactly hopefully there'll be a great clear sky and (laughs) shooting stars and things like that um yeah I, I don't know anything about space or astrology or astronomy or you know I'm not someone who really knows about like you know star signs and um you know the meaning of the moon and all that kind of thing but I kind of quite like the idea of all of it so mm. my best friend and I always end up just kind of you know if we're on holiday and we're sitting outside at night having a glass of wine we end up just kind of theorizing about all the things mm. that we might be looking at up there without actually understanding what any of it is and then um always have quite a lot of fun kind of just like guessing as we're sort of have many glasses of wine in and then like googling the next day um and realizing just how wrong we were about like you know why it is that something orbits something or whatever it is like <laughs> we have absolutely no idea about any of it but we just sort of make it up and then and then look it up later your book that has been recently published the art of friday night dinner um mm. kind of all about this idea of feeding friends in dinner parties do you Mm. feel like the menu that you've chosen fits well within your book or is it kind of a slightly different theme no I think it definitely does yeah I mean the the tomato sauce is in there so shout out (laughs) to the sauce again you can buy the book and find it there um (laughs) and there are definitely Sundays as well I think it definitely fits within the theme because it's I think my thing with dinner parties is always that you shouldn't sort of cook all three courses um and you know set yourself up with the task of cooking like a really really elaborate massive multi-course feast um that actually you know like if you're gonna make a massive effort with the main then like let dessert just be ice cream sundaes because it's just like an assembly job and it's easy and like you know everyone loves that um yeah I think like the the book the sort of the section of the book which is about dinner parties and kind of sharing food like the the principle of it is just like if you've just got lots of great people around the table with plenty of food and plenty of whatever you want to drink then like it's going to be a great night so so don't worry about it just make something delicious that you fancy eating um and I mean I'd love to talk to you in the last kind of 10 minutes or so about um your kind of career and, and your industry um what do you feel is maybe the most challenging thing about being a kind of young woman in journalism? Oh, good question. What's the most challenging thing? Um, I mean, it's, I'm just thinking what the most challenging thing is. 
I think like it's probably the same thing that it is in so many industries, which is it's it's really um it's it's really hard to kind of make sure that you're um being paid what you deserve to be paid and what you um yeah like it's it's hard to kind of ask for money and know how to do that and be empowered to do that and know your value and um to sort of ask for what you need yeah whether it be in terms of money or in terms of opportunity or whatever I think that you know I'm 30 I'm about to be 32 Mm. and I think it's taken me until this year to work out that like I need to not be um so led by kind of being like a people pleaser and by sort of you know I think often as women it feels as if our kind of currency is like being liked and being like amenable and um and all those things and I think like in a in a professional setting that often sort of runs the risk of holding you back because it means that you act based on what you think people um need you to be like or need from you or want from you or what's kind of most convenient for um you know your bosses or your colleagues or whatever as opposed to kind of what actually might work for you and might help kind of you advance in your own um career Mm. so yeah I think it's sort of having you know feeling empowered enough to um yeah ask for what you need to say no to things that you don't want to do or don't feel comfortable with or don't feel that would be asked of a man at the same level as you I think like yeah that's definitely something you know it's a very newsrooms are very um male dominated places still and um so that's that's definitely something I've kind of been thinking about a lot in the last couple of years is kind of yeah what um a man at my same sort of like age and stage would like expect mm. and would kind of ask for and how that differs to kind of my own instincts mm. I'm sure that resonates a lot of, with a lot of people who are listening I mean especially the kind of idea of women needing to be people pleasers I think um it's kind of an interesting thing the idea of writing a book about dinner parties and hosting um because often that um role has kind of been with women and Mm. I wonder what you feel about kind of in the 21st century how you maybe reclaim that space so it's not kind of like housewife hosting but it's a more empowering hosting or kind of cooking what you want and for the friends that you want that kind of thing Mm. yeah I don't know if I have um ever really thought about that in in terms of um my own kind of experience of hosting because I suppose I'm not a parent yet and you know I'm single so I don't live with you know a male partner Mm -hmm. I live with my best female friend so hosting has never really felt when I've been doing it myself um like something that's been particularly gendered I don't think Mm -hmm. um it's just felt like something that I've just always really loved doing but I can totally see how um how I'm sure that that could still feel like the case for lots of people um but as far as how you kind of reclaim the space goes um yeah I don't know I've never had to do that I don't think so I'm not really sure 
how how I suppose it depends on your relationship or on your kind of experience in terms of like whether in your life it feels like it's always the women who are doing that you know performing that role um and and you feel like you need to redress that balance in some way or but I also think it's such a pleasure like if, if that's one of the things that still falls to women like you know hosting then that feels like all right to me right now because that feels like something it's one of the things that I like doing the most so that that doesn't feel like a hardship particularly um no, I mean I'm the same I love hosting and I think it can be actually just just hosting a dinner party for friends is some some of the most transformative evenings you know the conversations you have in a kind of space where it's just about other women and food and feeding yourself and talking about things that's kind of incredibly transformative so I agree I don't think it necessarily is a bad thing mm. it's, it's such a special thing that um young women kind of socialize like that more so than young men and I'm generalizing mm. but on the whole it seems to be kind of women eat together and uh, talk and communicate about their feelings and that kind of thing and that's a really mm. important way of connecting yeah yeah definitely definitely it's like some of the yeah some of my kind of um most connected times I think has been spent you know spending time with other women sharing a meal mm. or you know a bottle of wine or whatever it is mm. um yeah so for those who are listening who are maybe um kind of interested in getting into your sector or perhaps are a few years younger what would be kind of your your main your top tips for them for getting into journalism or getting into yes. food writing kind of journalism food writing that kind of thing well I think um yeah in terms of kind of how to get into journalism it's changed so much even since I started um I think when I went into journalism I so I I was on a, the graduate scheme um at the Telegraph which was just extremely lucky and and um and helpful because it was like a it, it you know it meant um you know getting a job and getting lots of different kinds of experience quite quickly and quite early on um but I think around that time it was still the case just about that you could join kind of local papers regional papers and that that could be a really good kind of helpful um training base from which to sort of sort of springboard off and then eventually um head to the nationals if that was something that you wanted to do um but I think that is less and less the case because there are just there are just fewer regional and local papers now mm. um so in terms of kind of how to get into like um writing I think like it's I think you definitely just write as much as you can and um and pitch as much as you can um you know and and also read I suppose kind of work out what what sorts of um you know if you're interested in feature writing then it's kind of about working out what what sorts of features different kinds of publications run mm -hmm. and then work out kind of what where your interest and things that you want to write about can fit in with that and and sort of pitch very specifically according to kind of what um you know what different kinds of places are interested in um I think it's really 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 hard to to sort of pitch cold I think if you don't have a contact somewhere it can be really difficult because editors get just so many emails every week and they tend to you know unfortunately tend to sort of um not necessarily read or give the same amount of time to 
pictures from people that they haven't worked with already. So I think it can be really, really, really hard at the beginning. But I think once you've kind of, you know, once you've written for someone a couple of times, then, you know, if they like what you do, then you're usually sort of in there and on their roster of people that are asked to do things. Mm. Um, I think like, you know, I always used to say, try and get lots of experience, you know, try and get work experience if you can. Um, I think that's really difficult these days because there's still so few opportunities that are paid. And I think like, it's really, really hard to expect people to, do unpaid work experience, um, particularly at the moment in this sort of climate. So, yeah, I think I don't have the answer. I think it's really, really, really hard. Um, and I wish it wasn't so hard. But I think if you want to be a writer, then the thing that most writers say to you is just just write, just write as much as you can and work out how to do it and what you're interested in and what your style is, what your voice is. I mean, that's really useful advice. Um, I have loved your dinner party. I've particularly enjoyed meeting Emma Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, I loved your menu and uh, it sounds like a really beautiful evening. Um, I always ask my guests one final question, uh, which is what are you doing on, in a small way, on an everyday basis um, to kind of become a better feminist uh, for either yourself or for others? What am I doing in a small way every day to become a better feminist? That yeah. question. Yes. Um, and it can be like tiny, tiny acts of, you know. Yeah, I think in a, what I've noticed what I'm doing um, more and more so in a professional context is just when someone asks me to do something or ask me a question or ask me or seems to want something from me rather than just immediately saying yes and working out quite frantically how I can make that thing happen I'm just trying to take a moment and just go hold on a second you know am I just just trying to do this because I'm so sort of used to just saying yes to everything for fear that you know someone might be cross me or disappointed or you know think less of me or not like me or whatever but I'm just trying to kind of just and it might be that the answer is still yeah of course but it, if I'm, if I sort of take a moment and just kind of ask myself whether or not it feels right um and then that I think can help sort of I don't know just sort of uh yeah help me not just kind of instinctively say yes to everything um in a way that ends up potentially being like compromising or um or something like that so saying no yeah exactly mm. well not just that not just saying no more but just just checking before I say yes mm. mm -hmm. being more conscious about like the energy that you're giving to other people definitely exactly that amazing thank you so much for being on our podcast um it was really lovely to talk to you uh, and anyone listening, please go buy uh, The Art of Friday Night Dinner. I have had a look through it and it's a lovely, lovely book uh, for anyone who likes hosting. So thank you so much, Elena, for joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.